Would you forgive your partner if they cheated on you? In this episode, I get to know life coach Elsie Bobo, who shares her story of forgiving her husband when she finds out he cheated on her with one of their clients. As she shares her story, I actually open up about my own experience around cheating, including what happened in my past marriage, plus what I was modeled growing up, which resulted in a a pretty tragic ending. I will be doing a podcast episode going more in detail around my personal experience, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode and walk away with some ahas and maybe a new perspective around the concept of cheating. If you do, please share. I want to hear about it. Uh, You can leave a review. It really helps the show since there's no other way to engage. Uh, And that way I can also know what you like and what you don't like. And remember, self-awareness is the gateway to inner peace. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. And this week I'm so excited to have a very special guest that I met in a clubhouse. I love that app. This week I have Elsie Bobo. She is a certified coach, recruiter for a mental health company, and host of the podcast Wake Up or Break Up. Welcome. How are you feeling, Elsie? I'm I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. I remember when we were talking on Clubhouse, I was just so fascinated with your story and you were so candid and vulnerable. So first off, thank you for uh, agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm really excited to hear all about your story. So every single episode, we start off with the question, what was your awakening? And uh, if you can share with us what brought you to where you are in your life today. Yeah, that's such a good question. I think it goes back to us meeting in Clubhouse. I was sharing the story of last year during the pandemic. It was actually at the very start of it. We had just closed our gym down for deep cleaning. And I found out my husband had cheated on me with one of our clients. And it was one of those situations, yeah, where it's, okay, one, I had just trained that girl. I was actually going to the gym to train her. And my friend stopped me outside. Wow. Yeah. And my friends, don't go in there. I have to tell you something. And she gives me this elaborate story. And that's when I know like the universe definitely has its way of bringing things together. It was just like perfect alignment. Like in that moment, she had caught me. She had heard something from a friend, from a post that me and my husband had made together. And it was just like this crazy moment. And I think from there, I just broke down and I had to wake up and I had this opportunity to be like, what is my life? What has become of myself? Who am I? Like, I just felt dead for so long, like blinded. And I think you said this, like in one of your podcasts or maybe on one of your lives, you're talking about it's a constant awakening. It's not like you're awake and you're just, you stay awake. Like you have to constantly wake up. We're always hitting the snooze. We're always hitting the snooze. And it's, we just have to keep waking up and that's how I feel like it. That was the start starting point of me having this constant awakening. Yeah. The way I like to describe it now is almost like it's an unfolding, like I, like an onion or a cabbage, you're like pulling away the layers. So I'm curious if you can give a little bit more backstory because I'm not as familiar. Now, when you found out that he was cheating, did you guys own this business together? How long were you together? Were you already on a spiritual path? Can you give us a little bit of context? Yeah, for sure. So we had been together for 15 years dating. We met each other in college. We got married on a TV show, which is like a whole nother thing. Like we couldn't afford our wedding. So we got married on this VH1 survivor style wedding show. And from there, it was just like us building this life together. So we opened this gym. We had it for nine years. We did group transformations, working on people's mindsets and bodies. So I guess we did have a little bit 
but it was more of a generic spiritual awakening. It was like a digestible version of spirituality so that people can make these body shifts and get to the lifestyle or the goals that they wanted. And we had it for nine years and then it was gone. Like just COVID hit, the cheating hit. Just like that. Yeah, we closed it down. I moved out of our house. I took our son and it was like all within 24 hours, everything that we had worked for years. It would have been our 10-year wedding anniversary when I found out. And it's wow. all of those things, just my life imploded, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate. I was with someone for 11 years and it wasn't quite that circumstance, but within 24 hours, I was out the house. So that's why when you shared your story, it hit so hard because there were just so many similarities. So maybe I'll share that one day. So I want to backtrack a bit. So you got married on a reality show. What was that like? And yeah, just what was that experience like? It's, gosh, I, I hate I don't hate, I love to keep referring to the universe, but it just always feels like stuff is in alignment for us. And we couldn't afford a wedding. My dad was sick. He was 74 years old, had kidney issues. And we were like, we got to get married because I want my, I want my dad to be at my wedding. I want my dad to walk me down the aisle. So my husband, we lived in LA at the time. He applied to a bunch of different shows. They all told us that we didn't have enough money because I guess you have to have money to be on a show. We found this one on VH1. Really? They, yeah. Yeah. They're like, you have to have at least $10,000. And we're like, if we had $10,000, we'd be married. Um, so um, he found this wedding wars and basically it was 12 couples on an island. We thought we were going to live it up like real world. And it was more like survivor. So we only had rice and beans to eat every day. We, everyone got voted off. Like we had all these challenges. It was crazy. We were dirty. There wow. were no showers. We shared a porta potty. And I, and I felt like at that point, like <laughs> if we can make it through this, we can make it through anything. You know what I mean? This, yeah. So we won and we came back home and then it was like the real world. And yeah, so that's how we did that. That's incredible. Wow. Okay. So you found out that he cheated, you moved out. What was that process like for you? Did you have a, a period of time where you blamed yourself or was it always you blamed him? Like what went down? I think like in that moment, I had been conditioned to believe that when someone cheats, you leave. Like when someone cheats, it's a deal breaker. The marriage is over. And I think even when I confronted him, I walked in the house and I was like, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to say all this stuff. I'm going to be, I'm going to show him what's up. And I just broke down. Like I fell on the ground like a baby, like someone had died and I was bawling. And he's like, oh my God, is everything okay? Is your mom okay? Did someone die? And I'm like, I was like, it's over. I just couldn't believe that all of these years being together, us being so close, us doing all of these things together, having this history that it would end like this. And I didn't know the context at this point of the relationship. I didn't know if it, he was in love with this girl. I didn't know if it was months of them doing it. I didn't know. I didn't know the context. And so- for me, it just felt like it was done. I didn't even think to ask questions because it's like, how could we come back from something like this? Like, I don't want to look like a dumb female who's just, oh, he cheats on me. It's all good. And that's, I think that's a common perception is like, oh, if you forgive him, you're an idiot, mm -hmm. you're weak, you can't stand up for yourself. So that's why I packed my stuff. I took my son and I left because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I didn't know who to blame because I didn't really know anything. And it was just like one of those moments where 
whoa, my life is over. It felt like my life was over. And then the world shut down and then it was COVID. And then I had to like really take time and reflect by myself in isolation because I couldn't go to a bar or to see my friends. It was just like me, my Mm. son and my mom, who was the person I stayed with. Wow. Wow. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in. So did you eventually come around to asking him questions and get his perspective? And was he in love with her? I need to know. (laughs) I think those listening would like to know as well. I needed to know too. It felt like if it wasn't for our son, I don't think I would have ever asked. I don't think I would have ever cared. I think I would have left and I would have never spoken to him again. But because we had to co-parent, yeah, because we had to co-parent, it was like, what do you have to say? You know, what, what's going on? And yeah, there's another person. Yeah. Yeah. And our moms are very much involved. So his mom came over to talk to me. My mom ran into him at Walmart. So they talked and it was just, everyone just wanted this to happen to, to, for us to reconcile. And so we talked and he said they, they had only hooked up twice and it was, I don't want to put him on blast because I don't want to embarrass him on here, but he just couldn't get to the point where he could have sex with her. So they did other things, but they couldn't have sex. And so I was like, why? (laughs) Am I not enough? Am I not attractive? Am I not pretty? Am I not sex? Like you don't like having sex with me. And he was like, I wanted to destroy our relationship. He's, I was so depressed. I was so done with our business. Wow. He's like, it wasn't even about you. He's like, now that we're broken up, I realized it wasn't you. I just needed to get out of our situation. And he's, we lost our business mm-hmm. and I feel so free. He's like, it was, I did not want that business anymore. And he's like, and you would never leave. You were so in love with the business. You were so in love with helping other people. Wow. He's, I wanted to get back at you. I wanted to end it. And he's, and I knew the only way that you would leave or that we would be done with the business is for me to hook up with someone from the business. Is that crazy? (laughs) No, it's not. You just gave me such an epiphany to my own behavior. Not that I cheated on my husband, just to share. Why not? This is a very vulnerable podcast. At the time when I was, was still married, I was in real estate. And to make a long story really short, I had a very flirtatious relationship with someone at work, but it never ended up in anything. And so long story short, my, my then husband found out through text messages and yeah, and this was around Christmas. And so he came to my real estate office to confront the person and got in and ended up calling them from their office to their cell phone while they were in their car. Yeah. It was really bad. It got really bad. Yeah. So we ended up like splitting up, but here's the kicker. I never actually cheated on him. I actually never went on a date with this man. We never kissed nothing. Were the text messages flirtatious? Yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. But no lines were actually ever crossed. Do I take full responsibility? I do. However, here's the funny part. He lashed out so extreme. And then I found out, I think it was a month or two later, give or take, he was the one cheating. Oh my gosh. He was the one cheating. And I had no idea. I had no idea that he was cheating. And so we ended up breaking up after 11 years. So that was pretty much my rock bottom as well. I think that's why I related to your story so much. But the epiphany you just gave me on my own behavior, like why did I even entertain the flirtatious back and forth? Because it's just, you're playing with fire. And I did that, but it was fun. It was exciting. 
And it's, wow, I just, I was so depressed and miserable. Like, at least something's happening. At least now he knows I'm, I'm here. And then just to find out that he was cheating. Yeah. So thank you for that. I appreciate you. This is why I love hosting a podcast. I, <laughs> I, I learn and grow myself. So I appreciate you. So let's talk about what happened after that. So the business dissolved. Mm-hmm. You moved out. You're with your son. At what point did you have, I guess, like the compassion to say, you know what? I forgive you or let's try again. Did you see a counselor or how did that happen? It was a few things. It was, I think the first thing was, I had a friend reach out to me and she's like, hey, there's my friend's a life coach. She's doing free consultations. Try it out. See if you like it. And so I did this free consultation and this woman, Julie Castle, I'll always remember her because I felt like it was such a pivotal moment for me. She walked me through my life right now. So just saying it out loud to someone I didn't know about what happened was already very freeing. And then she had me envision my life three or five years from now. And she's like, and what does it look like romantically, family, financially, and all of these things. And when I thought about my life five years from now, it still had my husband in it. And it's and we were able to work through it. And we were able to be financially free and not have the stresses that we had before. And it was so eye-opening, like, why would I still want him in my life? Like, I could have imagined anything, and I imagined it with him. And it just let me know, God, is this person, like, is he a part of my being? Like, I just, my existence, I just didn't understand. And I didn't want to jump back into a relationship with him because of that epiphany. I think the second part is that I realized how you said, I wanted to cheat too. Like, I was thinking, like, I was at a breaking point. I didn't go as far as hooking up with anyone or meeting up with anyone, but I knew in my mind, I was thinking about it. I just want to be with someone else. I just want to get that excitement again. I just want to feel alive because we had felt like after we had our son, we were so dead. Like we were so disconnected from each other emotionally, you know, spiritually, like we had sex every once in a while. It was great, but it was just not what it was before. And I knew I was spiritually dead at that point in our marriage before he cheated. And I think I knew he was too, but I didn't care. And there was even this point when he came home one day from work and he was like, Elsie, I don't know how much longer I can keep loving you without you giving me anything back. He's like, I just feel like I'm at the breaking point and I cannot keep trying to love you and wake you up anymore. And I was in such a dark place. I looked at him and I was like, that's just too bad. Like, I've, I had a baby for you. We, we did all this stuff together. Like you just better suck it up and deal with it until I feel better. Damn. Oh man. Wow. So what has life been like now? Do you guys have more conscious conversations or do you talk when you're triggered? Can you share some advice to how you keep things honest and open? Yeah. It's, I think the biggest thing was he had to just tell me everything. I needed to know absolutely everything. And not because I wanted to know if he was lying or not, but more because I just needed to know that he could get uncomfortable enough to let me in and to appease like my crazy, like neurotic feelings. Because sometimes I think our imagination is way worse than reality. And so when he walked me through it, it eliminated my crazy fantasies of what I thought happened. Like I thought it was like this whirlwind, sexual, hot, passionate, intimate, 
situation. This girl is like 10 years, 13 years younger than me. Like I'm almost 40. He's a little, my husband's younger than me. And the girl was younger than both of us. So it was just like, did you like her body? Did you like her energy? And he was like, honestly, it was just easy. Like she just was so whatever about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was just like, sure. I don't care about your wife. I don't care about your kid and I'll do whatever. And it just, and he still physically couldn't get himself with a younger girl to have sex. And so that told me, okay, there's something at least in your subconscious, maybe in your penis that's saying, don't do this. I'm still attached to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he's pretty aware of the fact it was a cry for help and he didn't know how else to get through to you. And he hit below the belt and this is what got through to you. So I'm curious now in hindsight, now that you've started this podcast, which I want to talk to you about that. I don't want to say, do you feel grateful for the experience, but I don't know. Do you feel grateful? Because maybe if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be where you are today. So it almost seems like it needed to happen. Yeah. Like, it's funny you say that because my last episode or the first episode of my third season, I was like, cheating was cheating the best thing that happened in 2020 because it shifted my whole entire life. It's like I had my eyes were like glazed and I just sprayed them with Windex. That would be painful. But just imagine and just seeing clarity, like I could see clearly I reconnected with who I was. I realized what I needed and I didn't, I almost freed myself from this codependency, not just with my husband, but it made me re-examine all my relationships. Like, oh, I was a very codependent person. Like I was a people pleaser. I was, I needed other people to validate my existence. And now I'm in this place where (laughs) it's, it's just, Now I know that I'm the only one that can do that. I'm the only one that can make me happy or sad or frustrated or satisfied. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Oh, yes. Say it louder. Say it louder. So true. So what advice would you give to women that have just found out their significant other has cheated and they feel that sting and that pain and that self-doubt of, oh, my God, maybe it was something I did. I wasn't listening. What advice would you give to them that are experiencing that right now and maybe don't have the clarity to feel the compassion that you feel. Yeah, yeah. I think what's super important is just removing yourself from the situation. A lot of people feel like, I need to stay here. We need to talk it out. We need to hash out everything. And sometimes you need space. Sometimes when you're constantly in the energy of this like negative situation or this like hurtful situation, it's really hard to clear your mind and see a different perspective and really tune into not necessarily blaming yourself, but just what was my role in this? What's my responsibility? What part did I play? And also acknowledging that what they did has nothing to do with me. Like that, what my husband did was his journey, was his depression, was his frustration, and that's how he manifested it. I just happen to be a bystander of it. And how I react to that is going to determine how our relationship goes. Fantastic advice. You're just a bystander. I love that. And it's his experience. And that's so true for everything in life. So I really appreciate that perspective. So I want to shift gears a little bit to the lens of parenting. Yeah. How do you feel this experience has impacted your son? And have you been candid with him in regards to what has gone down? I would love to hear what that's been like. Yeah, it's a good question. Our son is three. 
He's turning four. Oh, he's really young. Okay. He's really young. But what I did learn from this is that when we speak loudly, when we're angry, when we're yelling at each other, our son is very sensitive. Like he's very much in tune. Like he'll start yelling, stop yelling, stop screaming. And like, he's very emotionally sensitive and it makes us realize we can't let stuff boil over to this point where we're yelling and screaming at each other because we see that it's manifesting in him. Like his anger, his frustration, his rage, his emotional tendencies is because we weren't emotionally balanced for the first two and a half years of his life because we were so disconnected ourselves and just trying not to blame ourselves for how our son is like lashing out in his own way. But then at the same time, what can we do better? And how can we not take his behavior personally so that it affects our relationship and our relationship with our son? It's just not trying to blame anybody, but then at the same time taking responsibility. That's fantastic. Yeah, I I heard this from a, a woman's coach. He mentioned a perspective where he grew up in a household where his parents never fought. And because he never saw fighting, and everything was always beautiful and perfect, it signaled to him as an adult that fighting was wrong. And so he became the person, oh, just sweep it under the rug. I don't want to mm-hmm. fight non-confrontational. So in a way, hearing what you say is as much as, yeah, fighting does happen. Sometimes as kids, we need they need to see that. Not seeing any fighting, it almost insinuates conflict doesn't exist. And so for him, it manifested into his life just completely changing the topic, never talking things out. So it's interesting how I'm not a parent yet. Hopefully I will be one day. There is no right or wrong. You can just do your best in the moment. So on your podcast, do you find that everybody that you interview comes to the same aha in this journey that, you know, not to take things personally? And what do you find is the the connecting dot that makes that shift for them? I would love to hear if there is something people can look out for while they're on this journey. Yeah, yeah. I would say the biggest thing, and I think that's why I named my podcast Wake Up or Break Up, is because Uh, we sleep on our relationships. We feel like there is this happily ever after that, like, it's this idea that if I marry a good guy, he's always going to be a good guy. Like, we're going to have a happily ever after marriage because we're doing all of the right things. And it's understanding that this relationship is not going to just be happily ever after. Like you get married, you say, I do, you do all the right things and it's going to last forever. It's like that spiritual awakening. You have to constantly engage. You have to constantly check in. And I think a lot of people, and this is something that I've asked my guests is like people who stay together for a long time, are they really happily married or are they just complacent? And they're just in this comfort zone of, I don't want to leave. I don't like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to be alone. So I'm just going to stay and be miserable. And it could go so many different ways. But I think the biggest thing is just getting rid of this idea of happily ever after or the perfect marriage or the perfect relationship. That's the end all be all. And it's not. Very true. Is there ever a point that you suggest somebody should break up? And what is that point? Yeah, yeah. I think there's like one person that's reached out to me since I've been doing the podcast and she's like, I really want to make it work. The other person doesn't want to make it work, but I feel like I can make it work for us. And I was like, if both people aren't willing to make it work and put in the effort, it's not going to work. And it's not, I'm not saying break up because you shouldn't be together, but you can't do the work alone. You can't just be the only one who wants to be in this relationship. Like you both have to want to be in it. Great. So both people have to be in. And that's really the only rule, in your opinion, if two people are willing to work at it, it it can work? Because 
I feel, and again, this is like another one of your shows that I think I saw on labels. We're so quick to put labels on things. We're so quick to define how things should or shouldn't be. Is this right or is this wrong? And when you realize that it just is, this is just how your relationship is. It's not perfect. It's it is it's just your relationship. And I think that's why people get so frustrated. That's why they get embarrassed. That's why there's so much shame around cheating because it's not how it should be. Like your husband or your partner did something wrong. They betrayed you. And when you remove yourself mm. and you realize that it just is like, there is no good or bad. There is no right or wrong. We're just living our lives and it's our interpretation of what's happening. That's what defines how we react or how we move forward. Such a good point. I guess there's this stigma of how am I going to be perceived to the outside world now that this person has crossed this boundary and violated me and betrayed my trust and blah, blah, blah. So maybe we're part of it is we're maybe sometimes even more worried about what other people will say versus what's actually going on. So that's a very, that's a good point. So I guess if you remove the caring of what other people think, okay, now what's left. So I really love that point of view. Yeah. I feel like that's, that was a big thing for me. Like my sister, I love her, but she gave me such a hard time. She's, I want to be the devil's advocate. I don't want you. Cause I told her when my husband cheated, I was like, I want to remember this pain because I don't want to forgive so fast that I deny this Elsie right now who is hurting and embarrassed and and ashamed. And so my sister would keep bringing it up. Do you remember how hurt you were? Do you remember like what he did to you? And I was like, okay, I think I don't need to be reminded anymore. Like maybe I thought I did, but I don't want to live in that place. I don't want to be that Elsie for the rest of my life. And it was letting go. Yeah. I didn't want to be bitter. And I think a lot of times our friends and our family and our support system think they're doing what's right for us by telling us to walk away, by telling us don't be stupid because they don't want us to be hurt again. And the crazy thing is that nothing can guarantee you're not going to be hurt again. You could be with another guy who's a pastor who loves God and loves you and loves everything and it was on the right path and he, he could still cheat on you. You're never going to be protected from infidelity, from being betrayed because it's on the other person. It's not on you. 100% true. And it, and I think it's something that can continue happen if the person doesn't do that inner work and recognize that's just their way of projecting their hurt, just yeah. like your, your husband did. I think that's such a fantastic point. Yeah. And even it also goes back to what you were modeled as a kid. Like I remember my mom cheated on my dad. And it was a huge fiasco because she cheated on him with someone at work and he found out. And to make a very dramatic story short, the guy who she had an affair with, he was engaged and had a baby on the way. And unfortunately, he ended up taking his own life because of this. It turned into this big fiasco. Yeah. So I was like 19 and made like the newspaper. So my mom was made out to be this like evil person. And my brother was like 12 totally didn't really tell him about this. He was just kind of there. And my dad was really upset. My parents ended up getting divorced. And even though my mom was the one who did something wrong, I say that in air quotes, because it was her way of lashing out again, Mm -hmm. my dad ended up forgiving her, he forgave her, he had to pay her a good amount of alimony. 
but he's now remarried. He's happy. He's loving life. He's doing his thing. And I love my mom, but unfortunately, she knows she's having a very difficult time. And as much as I appreciate our relationship and we're working on it every day, she hasn't fully dealt with the things she needs to deal with and and come to terms with, okay, why did you do all these things in your life? It's because you haven't dealt with that inner work and that trauma. And my dad did. And so even something as horrific as that and the consequences that happened, he was able to not take any of that personally and move on with his life and actually still loves my mom in so many ways. So it's interesting. Everything that you're saying is just making me reflect on my own life a lot. So I appreciate you. It's really interesting. So I'd love to ask you, what does, I guess, spirituality uh, mean to you? Do you have a spiritual practice or can you share with us what that looks like for you? Yeah, I think for me, it's always a constant reminder of life. Like my husband actually got me this little bracelet for Valentine's Day. And it says, Sata Na Ma, which is a a mantra that I was doing for a long time. I was doing like this 30 day uh, meditation practice. And it's it means infinity or infinite life or birth death and rebirth. And so it's that idea that we are just constantly in this cycle of life. Life is going to continue going on with or without us. And it's always remembering that, just touching back into not so much our ability to just exist, but how infinite that existence is and how great that is and the connection to something that is more. And and sometimes I feel silly saying that, but it's it's helped me so much. And especially with my marriage and the situation that happened is understanding that I'm okay losing everything. And when you come to this point where you can lose the things that you love the most and you acknowledge that they're not mine to own for all eternity, that at some point they're going to be returned back to the universe, it's really freeing. And it really allows me to just live, live each day because I'm not attached to anything or anyone. I really like that. That's really beautiful. It's amazing. Do you have any kind of, I guess, routine or ritual that helps you get into the flow, perhaps in the morning when you wake up to set the tone of your day? Yeah. So I used to do the meditation. So now I actually do it with a stretch practice. I'm just realizing that my body is a temple and it gets stiff. Like I don't pay attention to it. If I don't give it the love and acknowledgement it needs, it, it reacts. So Every morning I wake up, I stretch my neck and my head. I try to release my jaw. I, I do yoga poses. And while I'm doing it, I'm saying this mantra, the sa, ta, na, ma. And I'll do it in different types of breaths just to let the oxygen flow, just to let energy flow. I have, I feel like prior to everything that's happened, I had so many blocks in my body. I had high blood pressure. I had anxiety. I had all of these things built up. And I felt like it's because I was holding on to so much. I wasn't willing to release and let go. So every morning, my practice is releasing, acknowledging the flow of everything that's around me and letting go of that connection and that attachment to even just pain, like just letting it flow out. So that's my thing. I want to get into uh, you as a coach. So what made you want to step into that, I guess, career after your business shut down and make the shift into coaching? And what is your specialty uh, within that field? Yeah, I think honestly, it was, I was a coach before, but it was just more like mindset. And like you said, like training, like it was helping people lose weight and love their bodies. And 
I I thought that there was something else there. And I had friends that would encourage me like, Elsie, just try it. And it was that lady, Julie Castle, who did that exercise for me where she was able to give me that vision. It was only like an hour consultation, but I was like, you've changed my life. Like you've opened my eyes in this one session and I couldn't afford it. Like I couldn't afford to do it to move forward because of where we were at. Like we had just lost our business. So I knew that there was value there and I wanted to provide it. And then also I thought, Hey, if I'm getting this training, I'm probably going to get coached too. So with two birds with one stone, I can help people. And I'm going to help myself in the process as I learn these theories and learn how to work with people. And so I decided to help other people with relationships because I feel like they're so neglected and our mindset around relationship can be so rigid and the expectations that we have for other people and also acknowledging that a lot of the work in relationships is inner work and work on ourselves and just bringing that into my coaching has been really powerful. Just helping people see that there's more than just one side to the story, which seems like common sense, but sometimes it's hard to see that, you know, that, okay, how is your, how is your partner feeling? And how would you see this from your partner's side could be really eye-opening. Very good point. If someone's listening to this and they've heard the inner work, they've heard these terms, what would be your one way for them to start, in your opinion? It's probably one of the most cliche, generic things that people could do. It's something I've been told for years and I never did it until this. me and my husband fell off. And it's journaling because writing your thoughts on paper, and I don't mean like in a, dear diary, today this happened, like in a <laughs> cathartic vomiting on paper, just writing words at, in an, when you're in an angry place, if you're hurt, just like just jotting everything down on paper. I think so much stuff gets trapped in our heads. Like our thoughts create chaos. And when we are able to remove them and look at them, it makes them more, it makes it easier for us to process what's happening when we can see it in our face and our brains can start working and be like, okay, we need a solution here. Like we need to work on this area, just acknowledging this and yeah, journaling. And it's something that you could do anywhere. You could do it on your phone. You could do it in a book. It's, but it's so helpful. Love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Two more questions for you yes. before we wrap up. Number one, in your own words, what do you believe is the meaning of life? Hmm. I feel, and I said this a little earlier, I feel like the meaning of life is to let go of attachment to people and things and just be where you're at, wherever your feet are, and just connecting to the present moment because these moments you're not going to have again, at least not in this timeline, at least not in this existence. So what can you do in this moment? How can you savor this moment. And yeah, that's for me, that's the meaning of life. Beautiful. And last but not least, what are your words of wisdom for our audience that they can hold near and dear to them? (sighs) Man, I, I would say don't neglect yourself. Don't neglect your body. Pay attention, listen to your body, listen to your heart, listen to your emotions. Like this inner compass that we have in our gut, in our heart, in our mind, it's there for a reason. I think a lot of times we fight intuition. We fight our natural desire to just be, to just go with what we feel is best for us. And I try not to say what's right for us, but what's best for us. 
in this moment. And, and when we are in line with who we are, when we know what we want, when we know how we want to show up every day, it's going to help guide us in the path of what's it's going to give us the most fulfillment and the most abundance. And I think a lot of us aren't living abundantly because we think we don't deserve it or we think we're not capable of it. And it's just releasing these barriers and these blocks just to have a full existence. And it just starts with not neglecting this inside, this person, this body, this vessel and in our mind. Amazing. I appreciate you so much. I had so many little uh, mini ahas throughout this conversation. So I, I really value you and I'm sending you so much love and I really appreciate you. If you can let everybody know how they can best support you and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah. The best way is through Instagram. I'm usually on there all the time at Wake Up Elsie. And if you're interested in coaching or maybe just talking, sometimes you need a professional listener who's not going to judge or criticize or give you advice. You could check out my coaching page and that's wakeupyourpassion.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Elsie. And I'm sure we will stay in touch. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode brought you value and perspective. If you are a coach yourself or aspiring to be, maybe you're a healer, tarot card reader, mystic, author, or light worker in any sense of the word. If you are looking to get more clarity around how to launch or relaunch your spiritual-based business, perhaps you want to start your own podcast or figure out your core audience, maybe you just need accountability to get the thing done, schedule a time with me at calumly.com slash vibe queen slash map consultation and we can hop on a zoom call and see if working together makes sense i appreciate you sending you so much love and until next time